Today's episode of Home Row is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB offers an optimal blend of accuracy and readability, which helps readers make a deeper connection with God's Word, and it also inspires lifelong discipleship. The CSB is equally suited for serious study or for sharing with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. Learn more at csbible.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode 29 of Home Row. This is Jeff Metters. It's good to be back with you. Well, I already uh, failed at my goal of trying to be on uh, every week. That just didn't happen. And I made it two weeks in a row. So, hey, that's something. That's better than before. But we're back again today. And I have some listener questions. So we're going to try to tackle those. And so, hey, I just want to go ahead and say at the beginning, you can find the show notes. Uh, for this show and all the other shows there in your podcast or in your Google Play app. If you just look in the description, I mean, you'll see all the links of books that were mentioned, especially if you think of the two previous episodes with Helen Sword and with Roy Peter Clark. You can go in there and you can find all of the books and you can find links to the Writer's Diet and all the things that they mentioned in their in their episodes. You can find those there or you can go online. So there is a online home for the show at Home Row dot fireside dot fm like a fm radio so home row dot fireside dot fm and you can just do slash and whatever number of the episode so if you want to go let's go see roy's show notes they are online it's just slash 28 helen slash 27 um, you can go back and you can find all the episodes are the all the archives you can share those on twitter you can share them on facebook you can share them wherever, and you'll you'll find all of those links there too. So thank you so much. So also, if you haven't rated the show yet, man, it would be just so helpful if you could go in and rate, and if you could share, uh, it would just really help the the show spread and and to keep it going. I'm, I'm thinking about moving more to of a season format, and so we'll see how that goes. But uh, still in the air, um, and I'm enjoying the show, and I, and I hope you are too. So so today I'm going to answer some listener questions, and so if you have a question about writing. Really, anything about writing, whether that's journaling, blogging, publishing, um, how literary agents work. I mean, what, whatever. Um, I, I would love for you to, to send those in. And so today I'm going to answer two questions, uh, one from Benjamin Verbacek. So we'll start with him. So Benjamin, thanks for sending in another question. And also his question was answered last week by Roy Peter Clark. And the question that he had last week was a really great one. It was, how do we create a philosophy of contractions? When do we use it is or it's, um, and, and those areas. And so you can go back and listen to episode 28 and you can find Roy's answer to that. And today Benjamin's question is, is a helpful one for us who are, who are Christians and who are striving to be writers. And he asks, how do we keep the pursuit of writing, the the pursuit of writing well from becoming, as Tim Keller says, a good thing turned into an ultimate thing? What is a God honoring pursuit and what is sinful? And what are signs we might have crossed the line into idolatry? Well, this is a really important question for us as writers because we we don't want to sin in our writing. We want to honor Christ, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, to whatever we do, whether we are eating and drinking. So this this matters, whether we're hitting on the keyboard, hitting those keys away, whether we're writing in a journal, whether we're working on a church blog. So, so whatever we're doing, it, it's got to be to the glory of God. And so... I want to kind of go from the second part of his question. What are signs we might have crossed the line into idolatry? And I think the first one, one of the first like real dangerous 
warning signs would be identity and, and wanting to be known as a writer and, and wanting that to be kind of the signal over our life and, and wanting other people to view us as a writer and really with the chief identity that we should rest in is that we are now children of God that I, I want to remind myself that I'm a child of God more than I am a writer, uh, more than I am anything else in my life, even more than that. I'm a pastor, um, that I'm a child of God. And so you are not your writing. Um, you are not your puns. You are not your metaphors. Your writing is not your life or your talents or anything like that. Cause as Paul tells us in Colossians, he says, when Christ who is your life appears, so I love that he talks about Jesus that way when Christ, who is your life. So we know, we know that God has the triune God has a lot of names, Jehovah Jireh, and you can go on and on with, with so many of them. Um, and Jesus also has one of those two Christ, who is your life. That That's one of his nicknames, who is your life, one of his other names for us. And so we've, we've got to see that Jesus is our life and his righteousness and his accomplishments and not what we've done and not what we haven't done and not what we will do or not what we're trying to do. Um, Christ is our life. And so if, if you're, you know, if God gives you the opportunity to, to have an article up on a website that you just been hoping you could have one up or, or to have a book someday or, or something like that, that's, that's great. But that is not your life. And that is not an identity that you want to, um, rest at the sign you want over your, over your life. You want really the sign that was hanging above the cross of Christ, that this is the King of the Jews who is being crucified for you, um, that you've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. So, so Christ is our life. So I think so much of it always comes back to identity and you can really tell your identity. You have an identity crisis when things don't go well, when you get rejection letters or you get criticisms and, and your writing isn't getting the traction that you hoped it would. If you get frustrated, if you get disappointed and, and if you, I mean, it's okay to be disappointed that something didn't work out, but if it's consuming and if it's crushing and if it's leads to, uh, anxiety or depression or these kinds of things would be like, we, we have an identity problem when we care too much about wanting to be known as a writer. And I think some of it is really an idolatry that Kelly were talking about an idolatry of power that writers, we, we can struggle with the idolatry of power because we want to be seen as intelligent that, that we have this kind of collection of knowledge and abilities and smarts um, and really we want to be seen as elite and, and having it all together and as kind of a, kind of a sage for our peers where they could go and read our tweets and read our blog and, and always tempted to give our hot takes on the current event, um, as though we are some kind of keepers of knowledge and that people should come and, and wait and stare at our blog and, until we r- release out and we hit the presses and, and we release our thoughts out into the world. But really, I think it's just um, smoke and mirrors. It's smoke and mirrors significance um, some, in these areas with our writing. Uh, we, we buy into the illusion that we are uh, this elite group of people who are going to uh, descend down from the mountain and, and give our insights into the current events. But really, we're not. Um, we're normal people who are able to string some words together. And so we really need, you need to fight the, fight the idolatry of power 
and wanting to be seen as intelligent and as elite. And what's so dangerous with it, um, with this idolatry problem of, of power and with writing is that there's almost a sense of Gnosticism that comes with it, that there's this kind of mystical knowledge out there and that we're the ones who are able to access it. Um, and so that's something you gotta watch out for. Secondly, I think too, is the idolatry of, of blasphemy and that, that we're like God creating ex nihilo, that there we are with a blank page and we're forming and, and creating, which seems to be out of nothing. And we're typing words up and they appear on this page and we're, there's a lot of power that comes with writing and with great power, as Spider-Man's uncle says, with great power comes great responsibility. And so we have to be careful that and realize we're not creating ex nihilo. Though we are, it's an empty page and we're filling it up, but we're writing off of God's word. We're writing from things we've seen in God's universe and we're, we're writing uh, in the image of God. So we're even writing under the stewardship that God has given us and we're writing under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So it's good to remember our place in the universe as we write. Um, it's very dangerous to write and it's also very, very, it's a good thing. And so we've got to wield our sentences to serve others. This is a, always a great thing to remember that we're not out here to write to, to grow a platform. We're, we're writing to serve others and we're writing to serve the local church and we're, we're writing not to serve our namesake, but, but God's. Um, to, to his name, your glory, O Lord, as the psalmist says, not to us, but to you. So that, that, that's where we've got to go fight the identity problem and fight the idolatry problem of power and Gnosticism and blasphemy. So what are some other signs? One, I, I think a sign that maybe we're slipping is always networking, but not building friendships. My, my friend, Brandon Smith, who we, we, you know, co-authored a book with him, um, the book rooted one of the things, you know, he's, he's gotten off of Twitter and he's gotten off of social media. And one of the things that he said, he's like, you know, it's really amazing that when I got off of social media and we were talking about this recently, he said, it's amazing how many people don't talk to me anymore because I can't do anything for them on Twitter or social media. I can't provide them anything. So they don't talk to me. Um, always that's the sin of just networking and not building friendships and relationships. It's usury. Um, so beware of trying just to get in with other writers and to get in with people who have platforms and to not be a sincere uh, brother or sister in Christ. Um, God does grant uh, friendships and relationships where you're able to work together for the cause of spreading the gospel and encouraging the church, and that is a good thing. But if you're only networking and, and trying to get in and, and get emails from people and, and all, all these kinds of things, just so you can uh, get your platform up and get your writing out there, you, you, you want to not do that. You want to you repent of that. Um, another sign I think would be with shirking other responsibilities for an idol. Kind of like when you think of King David, that instead of being out at war, he was at home and... If you're familiar with the story of King David there, he went down a very dangerous path with Bathsheba and then with Uriah, all because he was not doing what he should have been doing. And when we're not doing what we should be doing in life, whether that's your, your responsibilities at home or at work or at school, um, when they're falling uh, to the side and getting behind because of your overzealous pursuit for writing, uh, it's an idol. 
And so you need to kind of just examine your life as the Proverbs talk about that, you know, the, the, the lot is there with the lazy man, his, the plants are growing too high and his house is broken down and there's weeds and there's uh, brush growing everywhere. Uh, sometimes that can be our life and we're, we're staying busy with the wrong things. And so I would say, look at your areas of life and see if anything's lagging, um, see if anything else is overgrown because of an overgrown itch to, to write. Another sign, and a lot of these things I could just notice from my own life that I've seen before and, and things you have to combat and just knowing other friends and talking with them. But another one you have to be careful of is another warning sign would be when your personal Bible reading um, always becomes, is turning into maybe a black hole to just, okay, what blog can I find this morning? Um, what tweets could I try to find? Instead of the real pursuit of godliness and, and of drinking the, the milk of the word. And so examine yourself when you open your Bible in the morning or in the afternoon and hey, it's, it's good to share those things. I, I share them when I'm, when I'm reading, I'm like, man, I, I want to encourage people and put that on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. That's, that's fine. But if it's always doing that, and if you find yourself going to the word for that reason, instead of I'm, I'm here to drink the milk of the word, not just to be uh, a milk, a milk deliverer, but I'm, I'm here to drink too. And I'm not just a milkman or I'm not just um, a guy who's dropping off groceries, but, but I'm here to eat. I'm here to drink and I want to meet with God and, and know his word. And so I, w- I would watch out for, for those things. And second, the last one's probably, I would think pretty obvious, but um, there's an idolatry power of, of writing. I think when you can't receive correction, um, if you read it, you know, share something you're writing or working on with your spouse and they're like, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. And if you get super offended by that, well, that's because they're threatening your, your idol your idol of power and wanting to be seen a certain way. So if you can't receive correction, uh, I would say you, we're, we're struggling with idolatry and with arrogance and all that. I mean, this, the Proverbs are so clear that, you know, the wise receive correction and receive instruction. Uh, but the fool could be punched a hundred times in the head and he would never uh, receive it. He, he, he wouldn't even know. He wouldn't even be phased by it where the wise person receives that rebuke once and it goes deep into his heart. Um, so, so is the person of, of understanding. So watch out for identity problems. Watch out for the idolatry of power seen through wanting to be perceived a certain way. Um, wanting to think that we're actually like God and we're so holy in our writing and so powerful in what we do and watch out for the, I think the warning signs of networking and, and wanting to build up our platform instead of really just serving others. So great question, Benjamin. Thank you so much, man. It's a really good one. Um, something that we all need to look out for. And it's a great reminder for me as I thought about it this morning of, of just checking my own heart and making sure that I'm, I'm not doing um, anything uh, to feed an idol of power or, or an identity, um, a false identity in my life. So let's go to the next question. Final question for today. Uh, Mark Roberts on Twitter. So, Hey Mark, thank you so much uh, for sending in a question. And the NBA season does start today, so I can't wait to watch James Harden. I know you're a big James Harden fan too, Mark. And I know every time I talk about James Harden, you you love it. You always send me a tweet and say, thank you so much for talking about James Harden. Um, So I'm so grateful, Mark, that I get to mention James Harden again for you. Even though you're a big Mavs fan, and even though you seem to, you can't seem to stand James Harden, but it's okay. The Lord is working on all of us in, in a lot of ways. So, So Mark asked the question. Uh, could you just talk about on using Twitter to help your writing? That's a great question. Um, I love Twitter. I I use Twitter way more than Facebook. 
Um, I use Twitter way more than Instagram. Um, I don't even use Snapchat. Snapchat is the only time where I've actually felt old in my life, where I've downloaded it. I tried to use it. I had no idea what was going on, what was happening, and I just deleted it. Then I tried it again, like six months later. It's like, okay, I'm going to try again. Oh, I can't do it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how this works. I'm done. So so I'm I'm all in on Twitter. So how can Twitter help your writing? I think in, in three quick ways. One, Twitter really helps with brevity. It really helps with brevity. Being short, being to the point. Because uh, sometimes writing, one of the dangers is you just get a lot of words out. But there's so much power in quickness and brevity. So sometimes there's too much large writing uh, where people just aren't going to read that. So if you can get the skill of, if you're a pastor, of distilling your sermon down into 140 characters, well, I guess now 280 characters, go just because we have 280 doesn't mean we have to go 280. I, I still want to hang around 140. Uh, I think it's just easier to read too on the eyes when I'm flipping through there on in my Twitter app. And so go for brevity. If you can condense your sermon down into one you know, tweet, that's powerful. And you should be able, I think, to do that. Um, and I try to even, my own preaching, I try to have my title really be the whole like encapsulation of my sermon. So try to condense things as much as you can. Um, condense an article into, you know, one tweet. Um, and like, see if you can, sometimes you'll, you'll tweet and you'll go, maybe I could turn this into an article. Like the, oh, when was, it? I guess it was last weekend, uh, two Sundays ago, I, I wasn't preaching. And I just put out that morning, I'm not preaching at Redeemer this morning. It's not because I'm sick and it's not because I'm out of town. Um, and I just listed a couple of reasons for why I'm doing that. It was a mini tweet storm. It wasn't a full, it wasn't a full category five tweet storm. It was just a little one. But then I thought, you know, I bet I could turn that into an article. And then I did. And so I just grabbed my original tweet, opened up my writing program, and I just copied and pasted those in there, found them, and then I just laid them out, uh, my points, uh, it, it, that it's good for, for me. So it's good for a pastor to not be preaching. Um, every Sunday, like why I try to take 12 Sundays off a year. And then I listed all the reasons it's good for you to rest. It's good for the church and it's good for others who can develop and to grow. So that came out of Twitter. So from that one kind of brief comment, I was able to expand that into an article that, that ran on my blog and, um, it's going to run on a couple other places too. So, um, so use Twitter to help you find brevity and to get to really, I mean, it's a skill you have to learn. Um, to how you can condense and consolidate what, what you want to say. So first one, brevity. Secondly, I think clarity. When, when you're brief, you can also be really clear. There's too much cluttered writing out there, um, but Twitter does. Twitter really cuts the, the legs out from under being cluttered and having crowded writing. So Twitter really helps you get to the point of what you're trying to say. And I think that's helped me a lot in my writing, um, where I'm just you know writing, if you think about it, it's just putting one word after another, one sentence after another, one paragraph after another, and to help you grow in brevity and to grow in clarity, Twitter really helps achieve that to where you realize I'm just writing a sentence or two every time. And if you approach blog writing in that way, hey, I'm just going to write one sentence and then go to the next one. You got to write one paragraph and go to the next one. Twitter really helps you develop that too. So brevity, clarity. And the next one I think would be in it doesn't rhyme, and I, I tried to, but I, I couldn't get it. it. Would be and punchiness. So brevity, clarity, and punchiness. There's too much boring writing out there in the world. Um, so so Twitter is a great avenue to where you can have fun, 
and you can make puns and you can use gifs and you can use emojis and and all these kinds of things which which allow for punchiness on twitter which doesn't always translate into punchiness in a blog post or in an article or or in a book project but it at least lets you maybe play with words play with phrases in a way that maybe you wouldn't always so use twitter to kind of be punchy if you can have a punchy tweet in one sentence or two and it gets retweets and you can kind of see like hey that that was, I guess that was a good tweet. I mean, people it got a lot of favorites. People resonated with that. Okay, that's good. And you just kind of develop your writing style even more through brevity, through clarity, and through being punchy because you don't want to be boring. Twitter's not a place to be to have boring writing. I'm, there shouldn't be any boring writing in the world. And so don't don't be boring. And so last one. So here's the last thing that I would say on on using Twitter to help your writing. So thinking about your own tweets and how you can craft them. But I would say also just like we tell writers, hey, read good writers. I would say follow good tweeters, uh, follow good writers. And so I, I just put on Twitter right before I recorded this episode, said, hey, who are some of your favorite people to follow? So if you don't follow me on Twitter, I'd love to have you follow me and we, we could talk on Twitter. I'm just at Mr. Metters. That's at M-R-M-E-D-D-E-R-S. Uh, and I, I'd love to follow you and, and talk about writing there on uh, on Twitter. So some of the people that I love to follow who they they do those things, they're brief. They're clear and the writing is punchy, um, whether they're talking about the Bible, whether they're talking about uh, current issues, uh, they're encouraging from from the scriptures. Uh, I think Burke Parsons is a great follow. He just always has something encouraging, something helpful, and he's brief, he's clear, and he's punchy. It, his tweets just have weight to them, and you can, you can feel them, and they're, I just walk away encouraged. Uh, Ray Ortland. Uh, one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite pastors, just one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He's he's super brief, he's super clear, and man, his his tweets have gravity to them. So maybe that'd be another one. So brevity, clarity, gravity, and, and Ray just really embodies that. And so I, I want to model my tweets after those brothers. The next one's my friend Jared Wilson. Uh, mentioned him almost every episode. Someone commented, I, I feel like you can't go an episode without mentioning Jared. And there's, there's a reason. I mean, I just love his writing, and he's been a blessing to me personally. And he's a great example on Twitter too. He's, he's brief, he's clear and there's gravity and, and there's some hilarity with Jared too. He's just a funny guy in person and he's a funny guy on, on Twitter, especially when he's talking about football and our, his, you know, Starbucks spelling his name wrong again. Um, just, he's a great follow cause he's so encouraging. And so follow Burke Parsons, follow Ray Orland, follow Jared Wilson, if you don't already. And there were some other ones that you guys mentioned on Twitter. So I'm just going to read them right here. So Sam Braves uh, at Duncan Dutchman. That's a great name. I'm guessing you can dunk. I, I hope you can. Um, I, I can't. I, I envy you a little bit already. So Sam, he mentioned uh, Micah Freeze. Uh, Micah's a great follow. You can follow him there at Micah, F-R-I-E-S. And I think it is freeze, not fries, even though it's spelled fries. I've heard it said it's freeze. So follow him. And also I, I follow this next one um, at S. Vigel. It's this is Dr. Michael Spiegel as the professor of theology and church history at DTS. And he is a great follow on Twitter. I mean, you get so much gold from following him. Like here's here's one tweet. So here's a great example of Dr. Spiegel having uh, brevity, clarity, punchiness, gravity. Ecclesiology, this is the tweet, Ecclesiology 101. If I say, quote, local church, and you picture those leading instead of those meeting, your ecclesiology needs adjustment. Ecclesiology 101 again. If I say local church, let's see, if I say, I lost the tweet here. 
if I say, where is it? 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 Twitter like started loading all kinds of things and I lost them. If I say local church and you picture places or spaces instead of faces, look at that, look at that rhyming. Just great, great little helpful tweet here. Brevity, clarity, punchiness. When I say local church and you picture places or spaces instead of faces, your ecclesiology needs to be fixed. So he, and he's got tons of these. He, he does these one-on-ones all the time. Um, another one, sanctification one-on-one. I need to spend more time picking my own weeds than inspecting others' fruits. Man, that's great. So he, he's got a ton of them. So definitely follow uh, Dr. Spiegel there at DTS. Uh, next one, Mitchell Chase. Hey, Mitch, good to hear from you, bro. Um, he mentioned uh, me. Thank you so much. Ray Orland, yes. Uh, Matt Smethurst, yes. Burke Parsons, yes. Brian Bays, yes. Trevin Wax, Dane Orland, Gavin Orland, Between Two Worlds. So Justin Taylor, these are great guys to follow on Twitter. And well, you'll be so encouraged um, and you'll be really helped as they tweet brief things, as they tweet uh, powerful encouragements from the Word of God. And you can just scroll through Ray Orland's Twitter feed and see all this. So you want to follow good good writers on on Twitter too. And Taylor Combs, bat party of Taylor. Good to hear from you, Taylor, over there at B&H. Um, he writes, Dr. Moore, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Following Russell Moore is a must. It's just so encouraging. Uh, Jackie Hill, Perry, uh, Karen, Swallow Pryor, um, just so helpful. And, and all of these, and, and all these follows. And, th- and here's another one. Stephen Myers just tweeted in, Russ West 44, Russell Westbrook. Don't follow Russell Westbrook. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for, for tweeting that in. But also, yeah, Eric Mason, at Pastor E. Mace. Oh, another one. Thank you. I forgot. Uh, Scott Sauls, at Scott Sauls. Always encouraging. Uh, and you'll find just so much uh, really helpful writing from him as well. So so you can see there'll be more coming in. I'm going to retweet them, and I'll... I'll put them out there, there in the show notes for you to follow. So yeah, ways that you can use Twitter to help your writing, um, brevity, you learn it, clarity, you got to have it when you're tweeting. And also it helps you learn to be punchy and have some gravity, um, to what you're saying or, or to be fun or to be lighthearted in, in your writing too. And so make sure you follow good, good people on Twitter. All right. Well, that's, that's it for today episode 29. Hopefully I have some interviews coming up soon. I've got a couple scheduled, so we'll see if those happen or, or if they, if they fall through. So what I'm going to need now is I'm going to need more questions from, from you guys. So send in questions on Twitter. You can hit me up at Mr. Metters, hashtag home row. Make sure I see your questions and, and I'd love to answer them as best I can. And so you can go find today's show notes. You can find the tweets that I've just read. I'm going to try to put them there on uh in the show notes so you can find those there just in your podcast app you just view the description or you can find them on homeroadfireside.fm slash 29 and you'll find them there so until next time i'll see you here in the webosphere all right peace